Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. We are a, uh, we are, I, I guess this is a, would be more appropriate, this is a spoiler podcast. When I go over these uh, Usagi stories, I go over them in, you know, in some detail, talking about plot, and art, characters, things like that. So, if you um, haven't read Homecoming Part 2, uh, as it was in Critters Volume 1, Issue 11 from Fantagraphics in June 1987, then maybe you want to stop and go back and read those otherwise, or read that. Otherwise, that's going to be the story um, that we're talking about. Now, this is the second part to um, Homecoming that we discussed in Episode 9. I discussed, rather. Having a whole lot of pronoun difficulty today. Um, The main characters, as was the case with the last story, are Miyamoto Usagi, uh, Jotaro, small rabbit who is the offspring of his former love, Mariko, and her current husband, Kenichi, all of which are rabbits, and the Nogura Ninja who are some really cool mole ninjas that I hope uh, stick around and and we continue to see on and off as as it suits the story. So now uh, this story opens where the previous ended with the Mogura ninja holding Jotaro, uh, telling Usagi that because of Usagi's interference he's going to kill the young lad. This time Kenichi... Uh, runs up and starts berating Usagi because of uh, his perception that, well, his child is in this predicament because of Usagi's interference, which may or may not be the case, but I kind of question that this would be the appropriate time to bring that up while the mole ninja is holding its razor-sharp claws to Jotaro's face, going to poke him through the head. So, But, you know, that's just me. But as uh, as Kenichi is uh, giving Usagi a hard time, the Mogura Mole is distracted slightly, at which time Jotaro chomps down on him really good, distracting him either further. Uh, Usagi takes the opportunity, charges forward with his katana, and kills the Ninja Mole, saving Jotaro. Um... Also, as we learned last issue, the moles have gathered and are uh, they've stolen all the supplies that the village has stored up for the winter, with winter coming on. And the village, under the guidance of Kenichi, who is now the new magistrate of the village, decides to strike out after the Ninja, knowing fairly well where they must have hidden or stored the supplies because of uh, some very distinctive mud that they left behind. Um, Last issue, Usagi indicating, well, you know, knowing that area, the mud could have only come from one place, and so they were getting together a, a group to head there now. Kenichi asks Usagi for his help, uh, even though, 
you know, previously Usagi was pretty much made to feel unwelcomed. And as they strike out through the forest towards the cave that Usagi believes that the ninja are uh, storing these supplies or perhaps even using it as their base, he thinks back to a time when he and Kenichi were, uh, I guess we could say young bunnies, and were out gathering mushrooms in the forest and they both spied a Tokagi and started fighting to see who would capture the Tokagi to use as a pet. Remember the Tokagi are those little lizard-like dudes that Mr. Sakai is very fond of using to very great effect, uh, very very good effect, uh, I might add. As they uh, are arguing over who's going to try to get the Tokagi, Kenichi hits Usagi kind of knocking him for a loop momentarily and chases after the Tokagi into a cave. And he grabs the Tokagi just as it enters the cave and stops and realizes that he is sorely outnumbered because there are uh, seven to ten Tokagi in this cave that have just witnessed him capture one of their fellow cave mates. So they take out after him, chasing him, and Usagi bringing up the rear, making fun, and Kenichi saying he wouldn't be in the predicament if it weren't for Usagi, and just the normal kid kind of, ha-ha, see what you got into, no, this is your fault kind of banter going back and forth. They uh, find the cave, and as they enter it, they see all the supplies for the, the village indeed has been stored there, but no sooner do they enter the cave that the Mogura ninja attack from below, having tunneled up and attacking all the various members of the village. Uh, we see villagers start to fall. Then pretty much it gets down to where Kenichi and Usagi are having to um, battle the, the ninja while the others are left to the side where we assume they're fighting also but we don't really see them uh, during the fight a lantern is dropped onto the straw that is on the floor and the floor catches fire the light blinding the Mogura ninja because they're underground dwellers so they have the the senses to go along with it Kenichi and Usagi take the opportunity to start dispatching more of the ninja. Uh, Usagi, while he is focusing on one ninja, another sneaks up behind him. Kenichi dispatches that ninja, thus saving Usagi. As soon as that is done, Usagi dispatches a ninja that was sneaking up on Kenichi while he was gloating over having saved Usagi. Thus, Usagi saved Kenichi. So it's a give-and-take kind of thing. And uh, one panel, uh, they both express that we're even look with their eyes. Having dispatched the ninja, Kenichi instructs the rest of the, the town males who uh, comprised this band that went out looking to gather up the supplies and quickly take them at least out of the cave so that the supplies themselves don't get burned up in, in all this straw uh, a hay matting that's on the floor that is now a flame. Uh, 
So everybody returns to the village with what's left of the supplies, and we see that the next day, um, Usagi and Mariko are having some some time to, uh, I guess, kind of resolve what is what is left to be resolved. She asks him how uh, if if he's had the opportunity to. Uh, pay homage to his father's grave which was initially why he came to the village before all this other started and he said he had and and discusses with her uh, a little while that um, you know it's sad that we don't have the time to laugh and play and enjoy like we once did uh, alluding to the fact uh, perhaps that because they're adults they can't do that or perhaps because uh, the world has changed, uh, kind of a, a little deeper meaning, and there aren't necessarily the fun times to be found or to be had anymore. Um, Mariko, very much tied up in being the mother to Jutaro and wife of a magistrate, and Usagi being a ronin, um, perhaps, you know, all, all the fun is, is just moved past them. They they don't have the opportunity to have fun. Um, they discuss this. They you know, they both say to the other, Yes, I'm I'm very happy doing what I'm doing, but the truth be told, I I don't think either of them is as happy A as they make out to be, or perhaps B as they would like to be. Um, which I guess all of us could say, you know, I'm sure just about everybody could say that there are things that would allow them to be more uh, happy with their life, you know, than they are at that particular moment. Um, so I, I, this is just reflected here in the anthropomorphic world that we're uh, voyeuring on here. Usagi indicates to Mariko that if you know if you're not happy, why don't you why don't you leave? And Marco indicates, well, you didn't leave your lord, he was taken from you. And I cannot leave my lord, meaning Kanichi, because she also is a samurai and follows the code of Bushido, the warrior's code, uh, an honor code. So she is honor bound that despite her perhaps unhappiness or displeasure with her situation, she cannot correct her situation in that manner because it would not be honorable as they're talking uh, they both reflect back to one of the last times that they were together as children which Usagi pulled out a, a knife that he had and cut off a lock of her hair to keep with him so he had a memento of her all, all the time and she uh, kind of berates him because, well, that's good, but now she doesn't have a memento. So Usagi, in return, gives her the knife that he used to cut her hair with. We then cut back to the present where they have, um, you know, finished their tap dancing back and forth as far as each other's happiness and, and you know, where, where they are in, in their life right now. They both retire for the evening and in a series of five double P 
panels, one for each character. We see Usagi and Mariko as they uh, prepare for bed after having this conversation and after having this remembrance of the mementos they both go about retrieving those mementos one last time or, or to look at them uh, Usagi unties the top knot um, where he, he ties his ears back rather than hair like a like a human samurai would inside the cord that uh, or the, the piece of cloth that he uses to tie his ears back is, is a seeming cord but then he takes the cord and unwinds the cord and hidden in a, another piece of cloth that he keeps wrapped up resembling a cord is Mariko's hair so he keeps it that close all the time it's in with the piece of cloth he uses to uh, tie off his top knot every day Mariko on the other hand um, just has this packet we don't really see where she takes it from if she carries it on her person or not but it's a it's a delicately wrapped packet that she unwraps and inside is the notched knife that Usagi used to cut her hair that is her memento her um, trigger for the remembrance of things past of how things were as a child for her and and Usagi while they were in the village. Now we don't see really any. Uh, Mr. Sakai didn't give us any terms uh, in the story. Uh, there were in the battle scene between the villagers and the Moguramoles a couple death's heads, but they weren't for bad guys. They were for the villagers themselves. So I'm not really going to add them to our running tally so they were there but not for bad guys I I just have been tallying the death's heads for the bad guys as it were alright the next um, story that we have up for next episode is Bounty Hunter 2 and that first appeared in Critters Volume 1 issue 14 published by Fanagraphics in July of 1987 don't really have any feedback or anything like that nothing additional to say beyond discussing the story so we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up here definitely want to thank everybody for listening in if you do want to get in touch with me you can email me at usagi podcast u-s-a-g-i-p-o-d-c-a-s-t one word at gmail.com the website that the episodes are posted on is thereaderfeed.com and I usually post notification that the um, files, the podcasts, have been posted on the Usagi Yojimbo fan page on Facebook. Now, that's not mine, and I don't necessarily interact there too much, but I do put notice that I have put the podcast, that the podcast has been published. I uh, want to thank Mr. Derek Coward uh, for all his technical help in administrating the uh, readerfeed.com site. And again, thanks, folks. Um, hopefully you find everything interesting enough to tell uh, some of your friends. If you do download from iTunes, uh, the readerfeed.com page there, uh, leave a review for me. helps other people find the podcast. And plus, it just lets me know that there are folks out there listening because... 
really, unless I get some sort of feedback, I'm never really sure if anybody downloads these and listens, which isn't necessarily why I do them, but it's cool to know. I guess uh, that'll wrap it up for this episode, and I will talk to you guys next time about Bounty Hunter 2. Have a good evening. This is a Teal Production.